Welcome to Trading Card Therapy, episode number six. We are thrilled to be here today. I'm your host, the doctor, Leighton Sheldon, owner and proprietor of Just Collect and Vintage Breaks. Special shout out, of course, to my friends from Otia Sports and Jason, uh, Mark, Jacob, and the gang from Bleaker Trading. Thanks for tuning in this week. Lots to talk about. Let's get right to it. For those of you who've been in the hobby, in the business, in the industry for some time, you're very well aware of what auction houses are. So we're not going to single any auction house today out. We may mention a bunch, but we are not paid by any sponsor here at Trading Card Therapy. So to give you some context and perspective, I graduated Rutgers College in 2000. My first job after college, instead of going into corporate America, was working for Mark Murphy, the baseball card kid, pre-Steve Hart days. And Mark never reached the level that Steve Hart is today, but Mark was great in his own time and place. We could talk about a whole episode devoted to that, believe me. Lots of adventures there. So my second job, my good buddy Rich Albersheim of Albersheim's Autographs told me about Leland's. It's an auction house in New York. They were quote-unquote looking for a card guy. Well, I was your man. I really wanted to be even a bigger card nerd than I was. And I thought it would be wonderful to be part of an auction house team and not just get to handle, you know, old baseball card artifacts, but Babe Ruth jerseys and signed baseballs and Seabiscuit, you know, saddles and like all sorts of crazy stuff in between. By the way, the Howdy Doody collection. I mean, the thing went for hundreds of thousands of dollars. So the reason why I'm giving you uh, my history about where I started and I'm going to stop with Leland's. And for those of you who want to hear my entire, if you will, history, you can tune into the first episode of Trading Card Therapy, where I really give uh, a fairly extensive background on kind of, you know, being a kid growing up in Jersey, you know, being a big sports fan uh, and, you know, what that meant to me and how that kind of shaped me and, um, you know, where I am today. So kind of getting back to center uh, in terms of auction houses, the first topic we wanted to cover today was how do you get the most value out of working with auction houses? Now, you can work with auction houses in two distinct ways. You can either consign to them. Consigning means giving something, like an object or a group of items, to an auction house, and they will sell it for you on consignment for a fee. So just once again, using some round numbers, if you have an item that's $1,000, and they're going to charge you a 10% commission, and there's a buyer's premium of 20%, this is how the numbers would flow. The hammer price, i.e. the final price it sells for an auction, would be $1,000. The buyer's premium of 20% would be tacked on top of that, which is $200. Your buyer would pay $1,200. You, as the consignor of the item, giving it to the auction house, will actually be paid off of the hammer price, which is $1,000. If you've negotiated a 10% commission, they'll take 10% off of $1,000 and you will net $900. The reason why I bring this up is a few points. First, when it comes to consigning to auction houses, do yourself a favor and please listen to this very, very closely. If you are a person who wants their item in an auction house catalog, and you do not care about the economics of it, and you just will get great pride and joy out of seeing whether it be one or several items out of your collection in an auction house catalog, this advice is not for you. 
The reason why I'm saying that is because this is just about practicality and reality in the auction house world when it comes to consigning. Because we're not going to factor in, it's like when I talk to people about their collections from Just Collect, I tell them as much as I value it and I'll put it in a spreadsheet and I do actively blog about our collections that we purchase at blog.justcollect.com, I'm not able to pay for sentimental value or not very much for it. So, once again, let's get back to center here with the auction house. The reason why I'm bringing up this $1,000 transaction. Now you can understand what you will get paid for your item. However, if that item is not that special and doesn't stand out, you realize it could sell for less at auction. So, the auction houses don't have $1 increments. They typically operate in 5 or 10% increments or something in that vicinity. And so, for example, if someone doesn't bid that item to 1000 the bid below will likely be either 950 or 900, meaning not 999, not 995. So you can understand when it comes to um, what to do, and I'm going to uh, comment here on a very easy to find card or object, then you should pretty much know what it's worth. So let's tie it back to this $1,000 item. If you have something like a fifth year Roberto Clemente, I'm making it up, in the grade of seven, or it doesn't even really matter just in terms of the values we're talking about. Well, if you already know that you're boxed in and the most it likely will sell for is about $1,000, understand if you miss, it won't go for $9.95. It's gonna go for $9.50 or even as low as $900, maybe lower. This is the point, yes, there is upside and it could go for more than 1000 but this is what we're talking about today. I wanted to make sure I brought value to the trading card therapy community, the Vintage Breaks community, the Just Collect community, and frankly, any baseball card nerd out there who has always wanted to know a little bit more about auction houses um, and how they work. And once again, we're only talking about consigning right now. So the more vanilla, the more common your item is, then it's likely going to sell for that $800 to $1,000 range at auction if it's 1000 bucks plus the buyer's premium. The reason why I bring it up, I highly recommend that when you consign to an auction house, you consider these main two points. Is my item a vanilla, easy to find item, or is it a standout, difficult item to find, i.e. rare, so on and so forth, and is it special? And so the more special your item is, that's the type of item that I would put into an auction house. And now when I say special, it doesn't always have to be rare in terms of the actual item itself. It could be, for example, like a Babe Ruth Gaudi. Finding a Babe Ruth Gaudi is not rare. However, finding a Babe Ruth Gaudi in the grade of, oh, I don't know, eight or nine, very tough to find. By the way, if you have one, please call me. I will forever be your friend. So if you have a grade of one, two, or three on a Gaudi Ruth, oh, it's definitely worth thousands of dollars. I'm just not sure that that's the best place to sell it in terms of the kind of commission that you're going to pay, unless you have like a three that looks like a seven in terms of appearance, and you're thinking you're going to get a huge premium at auction for it. But barring that, unless I had a super high grade Babe Ruth Gaudi, I would just aim to try to sell it privately, um, sell it at a card show, a trade night, whatever the case may be, you know, in in my particular network. And obviously I do this professionally. So I would send it out to my email list of 35,000 people. Oh, by the way, we're sending out a free email tomorrow afternoon. That is going to be our second ever edition of Just Collect's new weekly private sale email. And so when you're talking about, you know, where to sell, 
there's no right or wrong. It's about having the information to guide you. So kind of getting back to, you know, the auction houses. Now we've talked about a Babe Ruth Gowdy. What if you have, for example, a Frederick's Babe Ruth, which is extremely rare, only a handful known. Why would you auction that versus selling it privately? I personally would try to sell it privately first unless you were unsure about what you thought it was worth. Then an auction house and an auction setting is a great place to see what a Frederick's Babe Ruth uh, card would be worth. And so in that particular case, I would consign my Frederick's Babe Ruth to one of the big auction houses. But the way I would do that is much like folks, you know, go about any other service that they're trying to figure out if they want to purchase in their life. So in other words, you're going to have someone come in and they're going to do some work in your home and you're getting some estimates to finish your basement. Do you get one estimate or do you get two or three estimates? And obviously we're not comparing selling a baseball card at auction to getting your basement done and finished at your home. But we are trying to do is talk about service oriented businesses and how they work and what you can do for yourself, the consumer to better your experience, i.e., hopefully better your bottom line. So when it comes to going out and getting multiple bids, I also think that there's, I would say, a right amount. Meaning I wouldn't go out and call every auction house because by the time you call the 10th one or the 12th one, it's like they're all going to know and you're not going to really help yourself. But if you want to call two or three or four, I highly recommend it. And once again, getting back to center here, we're not talking about calling them for a Roberto Clemente 55 Tops rookie in a PSA 3, which is, which is worth 15 hunch. Because they're not really that excited about it. You're boxed in. There's not going to be a lot of upside. And even though there's plenty of auction houses that sell $1,500 items, pound for pound, they would rather have a more rare, difficult to find, or higher grade item for that same $1,500, even though there are some auction houses that will take your items no matter what. So you have to be careful and leery of that. So in terms of what you can do for yourself, if you have something special or a group of special items in aggregate, is reach out to an auction house via phone, but I would also reach out to them via email. Because we're living in a different age, right? We don't know who's in their office versus who's working remote. And I can speak from firsthand experience at Just Collect. We have dozens of emails come in every day with legitimate, sincere leads of old baseball cards that people are either trying to sell, find out the value of, maybe both, find out the insurance uh, value, so on and so forth. And so when it comes to the auction houses, in terms of negotiating, you can negotiate the consignment fee that you are paying them sometimes. And sometimes, believe it or not, you can negotiate the buyer's fee that the auction house is collecting from the buyer. And you might say to me, well, like Leighton, I don't think that's true because I've never done that. And I don't really hear about that, you know, in my circle of collectors. Sure. Well, that's why we're trying to provide value to, to, to you today. I'm, pulling back the curtain so that you can see a little bit behind how you as a collector, dealer, investor, hybrid of any of those can best deal with whatever auction house or houses that you want to deal with in terms of selling your items on consignment. And so when it comes to super special items, you absolutely can negotiate the consignment fee 
In that case of the $1,000, right, we're talking about they're charging you 10%. And then the buyer's premium of 20%, which is on the other side. And, and by the way, all auction houses are a little bit different. However, in this particular case, the numbers that we're using, they're not going to negotiate with you on a $1,000 item. But let's add a few zeros. Let's say you had, oh, I don't know, a $100,000 item in your collection, but you had a half dozen of them. So you now have an aggregate $600,000. Or you have one $100,000 item and a bunch of cheaper items and an aggregate your stuff is worth $150,000. The point is that if you're going to take a really special item and you're gonna leverage it to get yourself a better deal at an auction house, you are absolutely best served to take a step back and before you begin your due diligence, figure out what other kinds of items that you might have, Ken, when you go to the auction house. Because if you take, let's say I'm making it up, $30,000 of stuff and there's 17 items, well, that average is only like 1,500 bucks. They're not gonna really give you that good of a deal. But if you have a cherry that they really want, well, what if you save yourself 10% on that 30 grand in addition to the, to the main item? You'll never be able to save that commission if you take that those both groups of items, meaning the high-end item, the other group of items, and if you do it separate, you're doing yourself a disservice. You're gonna hurt your ability to negotiate as fair a deal as possible for yourself in terms of commission. Now, in terms of buyer's premium, generally, auction houses do not like to give back a piece of their buyer's premium. That's their, you know, 20% to keep the doors open, to advertise, et cetera. However, do the numbers. If you're selling a $100,000 item, let's back it out. Let's say they take 0% commission now, and they're telling you they're giving you a great deal. If they're telling you they're giving you a great deal, if you do the math, if the item sells for 100,000, they're giving you a 0% commission rate. So now you're saying, hey, I net 100,000. But wait a minute, wait a minute. They're actually getting paid by the buyer 100,000 plus 20%, which is $120,000. Therefore, there's something called a negative buyer's premium. Once again, I'm not singling out any auction houses because a lot of these folks are my friends, constituents, right? People I do business with, but I am trying to provide value to people and pull that curtain back just a little bit so that you have some more information as it comes time to consider um, whether it be to auction your cards, sell them privately, um, trade them, so on and so forth. I just want to make sure that you have good value here in the trading card therapy community from the good doctor. So getting back to center, now you have something you can play ball with. Yes, pun intended. So an auction house might tell you, you know what? I really like this item. I want it as my centerpiece, as my marquee item. And I'm willing to give you a negative buyer's premium. So a negative buyer's premium works like this. Take that $100,000 item. Let's say you get charged 0% commission. It's 100,000 bucks net to you. Auction house charges 20% buyer's premium. They keep 20,000. What if you negotiate yourself a negative 10% buyer's premium? Well, now all of a sudden, you're actually gonna get half, i.e. $10,000. You're gonna get 100,000 as the hammer. You're gonna get 10 of their $20,000 they collect. And let's be honest, folks, it's likely the auction house can still make money if they take $10,000 from a $100,000 card. So if you throw in uh, that information, along with trying to sell maybe some of your items that are not quite at that $100,000 level, that's the best way to negotiate if you don't need a cash advance.
But understand, if you need a cash advance, and this is one of the other things I wanted to add to this, auction houses will absolutely write you a check. If Once again, if you have $150,000 of stuff they'll give you, they might give you 20 to 60%, depending on the auction house, um, back in terms of an advance on the net funds that you're going to receive. However, make no mistake about it, if you do that, they're going to look at all the other levers that you're pressing and things that you're asking for. So if you don't need a cash advance, I wouldn't ask for it because it'll be a little bit more easy to negotiate a commission structure that will be advantageous to you, the collector. So one of the other things I wanted to mention in regards to auction houses is this last key point that you can not only negotiate, not with every auction house, every the rules are different everywhere. However, you can also get put in writing. So for example, Matt, Let's say you got something you inherited from your grandfather and forget about that it's worth 27000 You want to be proud. Yeah. You want to see it in the catalog. You want to see it be big and bold and beautiful. And they tell you they love it. If you don't say anything more specific, they will do their best to theoretically sell it for the most because they're getting paid a commission on how much they sell it for. That being said, if you wanted it on the cover, if you wanted it to have a full page, if you wanted a particular description written about it or the provenance that my father met Babe Ruth back in 1932 and he had hot dog mustard on his shirt, you would have to put that in writing. Even though you could say, hey, can you do this for me? And verbally, they may agree. Make no mistake about it, you're not the only clients of this particular auction house. So the best way to protect yourself is to have it in writing. And I realized uh, I had another topic today to cover. We may have to table that because I wanted to talk about a little bit to finish up um, my discussion of auction houses, Ken, uh, was not just how to sell through them, but how to best buy from them. So I saw some content out there recently about how to best buy from auction houses. And it almost boiled it down to like, it made it seem too easy, which is, hey, if an auction house groups up things together and there's 11 signed baseballs instead of one, you're guaranteed to be able to buy it and make money. I want to let you know that's not true. You have to do your homework. Homework being, check out eBay completed auctions. Check out the free auction um, prices database at psacard.com. Check out WorthPoint. Check out 130Point. There is a number of different services that you can either access for free and or pay for. VintageCardPrices.com. The list goes on and on. So that is not even counting memorabilia. Memorabilia is a little bit trickier. We'll talk about that in future episodes. But I just want to be clear that just because an auction house puts it in a lot doesn't mean it's going to go for less than it's worth. I understand why you might believe that. However, there's also the time value of money and your own time. So if you are going to break even or only make a tiny bit, meaning 10%, certainly not worth your time, right? What about the risk that someone doesn't pay you? The market could change. And... A lot of people haven't thought about this, but I myself as a buyer know this to be true. There's a convenience factor. Oh, what does that mean? What it means is this. When you go to bid in an auction, if I've been looking to buy all these cards and I know the actual act of going to buy 37 different graded cards is going to take me three hours, oh, well, then I would definitely pay a little bit of a premium in that auction lot for that group. But you won't see that when you research the values of the stuff individually. You're just going to see what they're worth. Once again, be careful of the content you have out there and just make sure you do your own investigation. 
We're going to talk more about buying from auction houses in the future because I am someone who can speak from firsthand experience. I have spent millions of dollars with the likes of all the auction houses combined. And so I'm going to share with you in a future episode of Trading Card Therapy a little bit more behind the curtain about some of my bidding strategies and how to assess the market properly when it comes to bidding in major auction houses. And by the way, a little shout out here. We've not been paid by any sponsor. This is simply a friend, but he's not only a friend, I'm also a client, i.e. I use his website all the time, several days a week, auctionreport.com. And the reason why I'm bringing it up is because if you are trying to figure out what auctions are ending this week, non-eBay, well, there is no better place to find on the internet a very easy to use listing of all the auction houses, all their consignment deadlines, and all of the dead, excuse me, and all of their ending dates. So that way you won't miss an auction. So check out auctionreport.com. That is this week's sixth episode of Trading Card Therapy. Thanks for joining us. See you next week. I'm the doctor.